Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text is uh, the Holy Gospel, which you heard read. I'll read the entire Gospel. At the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. It's a joy to be with you. I'm Pastor David Fleming from Doxology and from Our Savior Grand Rapids. As Pastor told you, it's a joy to be with you and to be with your dear pastor, who I love greatly, and his wonderful wife, Susan. What gifts they are to us. So, Happy New Year. It, it was the tradition in Luther's day for pastors to give people presents, gifts, on New Year's Day as they preached on the circumcision and the name of Jesus. Uh, this wasn't like Oprah where they handed out cars or something. They presented jokes or funny little stories that would entertain the worshipers. The people needed these gifts because it was awful to live in medieval times. Uh, life was very difficult. Life span was short and hard and challenging. Can you imagine no indoor plumbing or heat um, during uh, the brutal winters? Um, and what they heard at church was mainly lots and lots of heavy, heavy law. They were told that they were not good enough for God, that they would have to spend a lot of time in purgatory after they died. There was a very good chance they would be damned. And, and of course, there is a chance we could be damned if we're not in Christ. People needed hope. They needed real hope. But instead, what they got was a pastor trying to be a stand-up comic. And my experience with pastors is we're not very good stand-up comics. Maybe your pastor's different. But maybe this is where the idea came for Reader's Digest of old section, you know, laughter is the best medicine. There is something good about laughter when it's properly grounded in a life that delights in what Jesus has done for us. But on its own, laughter without gospel is like spraying air freshener over rotting meat. It will smell better for a bit, but it won't last long. Luther, famous for his colorful remarks at his dinner table with family and friends and lots of humor there, never gave it a shot in the pulpit. He not even on New Year's Day, because to him, what's going on here right now and in every service here is the most important thing on earth. God is delivering His forgiveness and mercy and life to us poor sinners who are living in a very broke, broken, difficult world, and we're all trapped in sin on our own, and it's only this name of Jesus that bursts the bonds and sets us free. We need this. Where else do you hear the gospel uh, every week, every day? I, I pray you read the scriptures on your own and you pray, but how desperately we need it here and in the very body and blood of Jesus given us here to touch us in the midst of our difficult lives. In our day, it's popular in churches to do entertainment again and to do it pretty much all the time. And why? Because there's a lot of depressing news. I don't have to tell you. The Ukraine war is a mess. 
Families are falling apart. Money is often tight. The media is always crying out that everything is in a panic. Awful illnesses and pain plague many of us. There's loneliness and random violence and hatred, anger, troubles, and burdens of many varieties all around. And there's so little gospel, so little mention of Jesus, the light that shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. But today, Jesus gives us true gifts. Today, our Lord gives us real hope. Today, God covers all the wrong of 2022 and and gives us hope for all of 2023. And our Lord does it all in this one simple little verse. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. If you listen carefully to that familiar narrative, your eyes would have caught something as a historian, you would catch that nobody knows the name of this baby except Mary and Joseph, and they're not telling anybody yet. Nowadays, we tell everybody all the time, don't we, about them, even before the baby's born with the ultrasound, oh, it's a boy, it's a girl, this is the name, right? But then they kept silent about it until his eighth day, the day he was circumcised, Oh, uh, similar to our baptism, really, uh, beginning of the, the life of faith and inclusion in the covenant, and then the name was given to him, Jesus. This was the custom in Jesus' day that you didn't express the name until circumcision. Um, it was the marking of being part of the covenant of God's people for all sons to be circumcised, God does it to you. He names you and claims you. I'm guessing that pretty much everyone here, you were named by somebody else. You didn't get to pick your name. Uh, It was given to you. Occasionally people change their names. I'm not a huge fan of that. I kind of like that somebody else stuck us with the name we have. Good grief, our parents probably paid a lot to take care of us. They should at least get naming rights, don't you suppose? Um, And so they did. And God did this in circumcision. He named and claimed that little boy, boy after boy, as part of his family, part of the custom of of the, the covenant. And Jesus is included this in this too. If I were God Almighty and I came into human flesh, I think there's probably some things that I would avoid having to go through. One of them would be going through the birth canal. I don't think I'd really want to be, go through there. And because he's God, he's aware of what's going on. Ouch. I don't think I'd be circumcised either. I think I would have avoided that. But he bore it all. Why? Because he bears everything you bear. Every trouble, every heartbreak, every, uh, uh, every sin you've been tempted by, he was tempted by as well. Jesus is letting you know you are not alone. He bears all these things with you, and he is not afraid. And he will do everything that the law requires till its tiniest little jot and tittle. Now, we might be tempted to discard this as crude, primitive, Old Testament religion, this bloody rite of circumcision. 
But that would be a huge error on our part. In Colossians, Paul writes, For in Him that is in Christ, the whole fullness of the God dwells bodily. And you have come to fullness of life in Him, who is the head of all rule and authority. In other words, in Christ, you have it all, all of it, all the fullness of God, all the fullness of your life. You have everything that belongs to Jesus, belongs to you through your baptism into Jesus. He says this, in him, that is in Christ, you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh in the circumcision of Christ. What that means is that because of baptism, Christ's circumcision is your circumcision. So whether you're circumcised or not, and a number of us can't be circumcised, right? We are in Christ. We're counted this way. That's why Paul says in Galatians, the epistle today, uh, that, that you, there's neither male nor female. Of course, there are. There is male and female. But, but in this regard, there isn't. We're all in Jesus. We are all take his place in the family. We're all sons of God. And why a son? Because the son in the ancient world got the full inheritance. You get it all. By the way, men don't get arrogant here and say, ha, honey, you have to be a son. Um, we're also called, all of us together, the bride of Christ, right? So wives, picture your husband in a wedding dress. Isn't that fun? Both are true. We're his bride he laid down his life for, and we're the sons of our heavenly Father through our brother Jesus, which means we get the full inheritance so let me put this really practically. You and I were natural-born sinners. Through and through, we're all hell-bent on sinning every day of our life. The good I want to do, I don't do. The bad I don't want to do, I keep on doing. We're all this way. Paul too. We're self-centered. We want to be our own gods. We struggle to be in control. Or we might make some New Year's resolutions to try to be better perhaps this year, but we know how most of those go. Last about as long as the diet and exercise program. There's not much follow-through on our part because, it's, which is not to say we shouldn't try not to sin, but it is to say we have to daily drown the old Adam in baptism. We've got to return to Jesus every day by repenting, saying, I am not the Savior, Jesus, you are. And rising again in his forgiveness and mercy. How's your perfection and holiness lately? Mine's not so good. How, how do you think it's going with your worship, your honoring of God's name and his word, your lusts, your greed, your idolatries, your, your love of your neighbor, especially that neighbor who's particularly difficult to love. You're still supposed to love that neighbor. What about gossip and envy and strife and that most American of all sins, coveting, being jealous of what others have? It's not there, is it? That perfection, that holiness that God demands of us. But there's a beautiful flip side to that demand of God. You shall be holy as I, the Lord your God, am holy. It's also a promise. You shall be holy as I, the Lord your God, am holy. All the holiness of Jesus, 
all of it, and it's perfect. It's been given to you, credited to you, marked up as yours. It's chalked up on your account that you are holy and innocent and perfect before Almighty God, not on your own, God forbid, but through Jesus, who's made yours in baptism, who fulfilled everything in our place. That's the significance of Jesus' circumcision. Jesus does the law perfectly, every little part of it, and all of that is yours by grace, for Jesus' sake, through faith, given you in baptism, where, as Paul put it in Galatians, you put on Christ. You dressed up as Jesus. You remember that great story? Well, it's kind of nasty, isn't it? Where blind Isaac wants to bless his oldest son, and Jacob sneaks in, dressed up as Esau, puts on Esau's clothes so he smells like him, puts a goat skin on the back of his neck and the back of his hand so he's hairy like Esau, and he fools dad, dressing up as his older brother and gets the blessing that belongs to his older brother. You remember that? That's what you did in baptism. You put on Christ, your older brother, and you dressed up as him, and to God the Father, you smell like Jesus, you look like Jesus, which is why, by the way, you're the apple of his eye, and he can't take his eye off you. He delights in you. He sees his son, because in baptism, you're clothed up, clothed up as Jesus. And this, you didn't trick God. He wanted this to happen. And this then brings us to this beautiful name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is, of course, the most controversial name of all. How many times have you been there and there's a public prayer and people say, in your name or in God's name or whatever, and they avoid the name of Jesus like crazy? That's because Jesus is actually this beautiful name of God in our human flesh come to save us. He will save his people from their sins. Not just forgive, mind you, but save us from our sins, which means he'll forgive us, of course, but he'll also end the reign of sin. He'll end sickness. He'll end death. He'll end mourning. He'll end heartbreak. All the things that plague you, if there's something awful that's bothering you, it will not last forever. It might last to, to the end of your earthly life, but it's not going to last forever because the name Jesus means it won't as you trust and live in him. This is the name, Jesus, that every knee will bow to on the last day and every tongue will confess yours with joy, others with fear as, as they face eternal punishment. There's no neutral ground when it comes to the name of Jesus. Even to confess the name of Jesus is a gift, Paul tells us. No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. But this is the name by which you must be saved. This name, Jesus, you all know it. It's beautiful, it's small, it's sayable, and it's for you. That you have a Jesus, you have a Savior from sin who laid down his life for you and me and rose from the dead to open up to us a new kingdom and a new life that will never fail us. Ponder this great and wonderful mystery. An eight-day-old boy 
bears the name Jesus in all its fullness, Yahweh in our flesh to save us. This little child bears the law for you, sheds his blood for you, cries for you. This little child, so weak and helpless, vulnerable and ordinary, like any other baby boy in Israel, is your maker, your redeemer, your Lord, and your Christ. And what happens to him also happens to you in him. Everything that belongs to him now belongs to you through your baptism into him, and that will not fail you. He is your perfection, your holiness, your atonement from sin, your eternal future, your welcome home, your resurrection from the dead, and your life. He gives real hope, real life, real forgiveness, which is exactly what we need. Thanks be to God, in Jesus' name, amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen. Amen.